Thanks, guys. Hey, before I get in the Word, uh, just want to thank Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Kim for hosting us. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. A lot of, lot of work and effort went into this camp meeting. I understand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, I would be just totally goofy if I didn't ask Dad Tilton to come up here and, and greet you all. And come, come here, sir, please. Come on, put your hands together. Say whatever's in your heart. Well, I don't know about everything. <laughs> I, I listened to Roger and said all that again. That was rich, wasn't it? You know, it's, it, I'm just thinking about what he said because, you know, Philip, you and I talk on the phone a lot mm -hmm. and uh, we get all these good nuggets mm -hmm. and these good thoughts. And um, I have several thoughts going on. I just want to make sure I write one because I know my time is very limited and I'm burning light right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a pleasure to be here and with my beautiful wife, Maria. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're just uh, excited about this church and the vision. Without a vision, people perish. And uh, the Lord wants us to dream big. And a few days ago, I heard the Lord speak to me and said, I want you to dream bigger. And uh, sometimes your dream is, is not as big as God wants it to be. And uh, you've got to get to the place that you're motivated by your dream. And that's what faith does for us. Jesus told Peter that he was praying for him, that Satan had sought to sift him. And that he said, I'm praying for you that your faith faileth not. Unfailing faith. A few weeks ago, there were several people that were <clears throat> uh, having uh, debates on the things that I believe. And, of course, it's the uh, whole person prosperity. And that we believe that it's God's will for us to prosper and to be in health as our soul prospers. And um, I got to thinking, I was talking to one of the folks, that, Amanda, that works with me. And I said, Amanda, <clears throat> what we believe takes faith. And if you don't have that kind of faith, you won't believe what we believe. And there's a lot of people, ministers that don't believe in divine prosperity. They don't have a revelation on the divine transfer of God's wealth coming out of heaven to the earth. Jacob got that revelation when he saw heaven open and he had a revelation of what angels do when they were bringing down those blessings from heaven. You know, and Paul had the revelation. He said, 
My God will supply all your need. My God will supply what you need. So you can have what you want. It's not the money that we want. It's what we want that money can get. That's right. But we're not self-made millionaires. We're, we're, we're self-made, created, oh, in the image and likeness of God. So uh, Philip and I enjoy fellowshipping uh, around the Lord Jesus Christ. And so um, God's opening up the windows of heaven, pouring out blessings that there's not room enough to receive them all. He's rebuking the devils. There is a divine transfer, and it takes the God kind of faith, or it takes God's faith to be able to believe along the lines of what God believes and what he wants for us. And I think that's a great message for this morning, Jonathan, as you open that up to us, to the eyes of our understanding, soul prosperity, to have the capacity to be able to receive all the things that God has for us. So our faith is growing exceedingly, uh -huh. as Brother Fred Price would say, our exceedingly growing faith so that we can have a greater capacity, enlargement, amen, stretching forth the curtains of our habitation, opening up the eyes of your understanding that there's a divine transfer and we're in a position to receive it. You know, uh, uh, Philip, one more thought. I'll close after this. You're fine. <laughs> um, the centurion came to Jesus. You know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. the, centur the, cent don't preach it yet. the centurion came to Jesus and uh, his servant was sick and uh, he wanted uh, Jesus to come and heal him. And Jesus, he said, no, 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 you don't need to come. Uh, Jesus was going to come. He said, you don't need to come because I understand how authority operates. I understand who's in charge. I understand who's the head, not the tail. And he said, I am a man under authority and I have people underneath me. And I say to one, go. And he goes and does what I tell him to do. And then I can say, come, and they will come and do what I tell them to do. And I saw that and I got to thinking, well, we can tell things to go. And we can tell things to we can tell things to go and we can tell things to so we have authority to call things in in Jesus' name. Okay? And so Jesus marveled that this centurion, he said, I've never seen so great faith, no, not in all of Israel. A centurion is someone that is over uh, at least uh, 80 soldiers. And he, a centurion usually came up from the ranks and they were promote, they received promotions because of their ability to conquer more spoils. And so they, the centurion got a larger portion of the spoils because of his promotion and his ability to do greater things. So as your faith grows, I believe you will receive more promotions and have a greater portion of the spoils of Jesus' victory at Calvary. God bless you. Hallelujah. Boy, we got it, we got it in the house today, don't we?
Hallelujah. Well, just thrilled to be able to put, uh, if you allow the icing on the cake uh, analogy here. I want to do a real quick review and then uh, get into where the Lord wants us today, even though we're already there with uh, the, the praise and worship and uh, prophetic word and the healings that went forth and Pastor Jonathan's message and Pastor Bob's message. And now I got to try to follow all that. But let's go to our springboard verse, Deuteronomy 4, and verse 24. Let me do a quick review. It says, For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. Now, I've taken on that first night and uh, shared with you how whenever you see Lord God, it's different from God. You go through Genesis chapter 1, God created. God said, God created. God said, God said, God said, God. You never see Lord. But when you get to chapter 2 of Genesis, you see now Jehovah God. And it's always dealing with harvest. Whenever you see Lord, he's the Lord of the harvest. And so from chapter 2 on, whenever you go through the Word of God now, when you see Lord God, notice that it's referencing harvest. And so when Satan came, come, came in, in chapter uh, 3, he said, hath God said. He left out the Lord. See? And so we found out then that the Lord God is a consuming fire. Now, he's not this superhero monster that when we get to heaven, he just walks around and he's on fire. His fire is his power to create. That's what his fire is. It's his creative power. And so... You see God's creative power, his consuming fire, when he said, let there be light, right? And so when God made Adam, created him in his likeness, in his image, he breathed into him, we thought, the breath of oxygen. It was fire. It was a consuming fire. He breathed the fire that consumes. Now, now, now when, when, when God says that, uh, that he's a consuming fire, he's not burning up. No, it's his creative power. The greatest fire we know about is the sun. He created it. You and I get too close to it or stay out in it too long, and uh, you get blacker. Alberta gets browner, depending on the shade, right? I get red, right? You don't, you don't see this out in the sun. Them days are over. Ah, it's done. 
We're in this beautiful condo overlooking the bay or whatever that, that channel of water is right there, and I'm in the recliner, <laughs> air conditioning. That is my beach chair right there. So the two closest planets to the sun is Mercury and Venus. Mercury, 800 degrees Fahrenheit. See, aren't you glad you don't live on Mercury? Right? So if you and I get too close to the sun, it'll burn us. I brought out how you can have a magnifying glass. Remember that? And you can, you can light fires by magnifying that sun. But if you'll magnify the Lord, you can start faith fires. The world says you don't fight fire with fire. But in the realm of the Spirit, we fight fire with fire. Because in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God, right? The Word was with God, and the Word was consuming fire. You cannot separate fire and God. When you do, then you're subject to the fiery darts of the wicked one. You're overwhelmed by his fire, the fiery trial. And I'm not saying there's not fiery darts. I'm not saying there's fiery trials or even when the fiery furnace is heated up seven times hotter. But when you understand that your faith is fire, when you speak to that mountain, it's more than just this invisible force going out there. It is a fire. When you're speaking to that tumor and you're commanding it to dissolve, fire is coming out of you if you have developed your faith. Right? So when he breathed into Adam, he breathed into Adam that consuming fire, and he became the likeness of Almighty God. But then the fire was quenched when he did not obey, right? And so God's got this situation on his hands that his most uh, glorious creation is distant from him. And if they get too close to him, they'll get sunburned. Sin and consuming fire don't mix, right? So God sent the second Adam, the last Adam, to bring to us his righteousness. So now being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, which is the consuming fire. Now the consuming fire that where you were dead in trespasses and sin has burned all that out and left inside of you his image, his likeness, his righteousness. And now that consuming fire of faith can abide in you. That's why he said, you go into Jerusalem, wait till you be endued with creative power from on high and tongues of fire came down and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. But that's not where we're going. Just, just review. And then we found out that he's a jealous God. 
a jealous God. Now, Exodus lets us know not only is he a jealous God, his name is Jealous. Put that up there on the screen for me in Exodus. His name is Jealous, right? Now, remember, I, I said if you were on a game show, and they're going to give you a million dollars, if you could answer this correctly, the name of your God, and it starts with a J and ends with an S. Yeah, yeah, I got this, I got this. And the second letter is an E, and the next to the last letter is a U. Oh, I got this one. I got a million, but it's seven letters. J-E-S-U-S don't fit. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem. We haven't known. We've known God as the healer. We've known him as the protector, as the teacher, even to a degree as a provider. We haven't known him as the jealous God. Now, now follow this now. Because 2 Corinthians 11.2, put that up on the screen for me, please. 2 Corinthians 11.2, the apostle Paul says, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. Put it on, on the screen. Can you put it up back here? You can't do that? Because I see it there. I don't see it here. There we go. I'm jealous over you with Godly jealousy. Now, 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 remember, and I don't have time to go there, how we have perverted jealousy in the natural, right? Just jealous over this, jealous over that, and it, it'll, it'll drive a person to murder. It'll drive a person to uh, insane jealousy. But this is a godly jealousy, Right? Yeah, suicide. This is a godly jealousy, and it says, For I've espoused you to one husband. How many of you know we're the bride of Christ? Jesus is the husband. That I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So we've been looking at how we are supposed to be presentable as the bride. Jesus ain't coming back for this mess. He's coming back. You know, and I believe Jesus is coming soon. But he, it's, not, it's not the great escape. No, he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're, we're not going to be sitting here being overcome. No, we're, we're going to be overcoming when he returns. And so there's a presentation that a bride had to be in, there was a condition that she had to be in to be presentable to the groom. And we looked at Rebecca, Isaac, the only begotten son of Abraham, you know, as far as uh, Sarah and, and, and so on and so forth, right? And when it was time for uh, the marriage, Abraham sent out his number one steward, said, go find that bride. He took 10 camels of jewels, raiment, everything that was necessary. And remember, these ain't, these ain't regular camels like you see on, on the Discovery Channel all ragged out. 
These are Abraham's camels. This is an entourage. This is like 10 super limos packed full of stuff to go find the bride for Isaac. Now, now, now follow this because when those camels, all 10 of them, read your Bible, when all 10 of them get to that place, Rebecca waters these camels. And I told you that a camel can drink any, anywhere from 20 to 50 gallons in 10 minutes' time. So that's a whole lot of putting that well bucket down there, right? This shows you the servitude that qualifies to be a candidate for a bride. Come on now. And the camels that she was watering, laboring, working for, she would end up riding on and owning every one of them. And I told you there's a lot of people been working, serving God, doing, as, doing that job as unto the Lord. Come on now. And you're going to find out you're going to end up owning that business. You're going to find out you're going to end up owning that hotel. You're going to, yeah, come on now. Y'all still with me? And so we see that when God is jealous, in Joel chapter 2, verse 18, says he's Joel, he's Joel, he's Joel. He's jealous for his land. Look what it says. Then will the Lord be jealous for whose land? Jealous for his land. Now remember, the chair you're sitting in, the car you drove in on, the house you're living in, the clothes you're wearing, the food you're eating, all come from the land. So when it says he's jealous for the land, he's just all-inclusive. All-inclusive. And so when we found out Friday night by the Holy Ghost that when God's jealousy, remember he says in Isaiah, he'll stir up jealousy like a man of war. Not only does he get stirred up, he stirs his people up to get jealous for what belongs to them that he's allotted for them to advance the kingdom. Come on now. And so we found out Friday night when God's jealousy reaches this boiling point. How many of you going to get your bicycle back? Remember that? <laughs> There's an explosion that happens. When somebody is jealous in the natural, they can't take it no more. They, 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 they explode. They beat somebody up. They smash something. They go crazy. The Bible says that jealousy is the rage of man. See, are you following this? And so we haven't known the jealous side of God, but yet it's necessary to understand because if he's a harvester, so am I. 
If he's a consuming fire, so am I. If he's a jealous God, so am I. Are you following as far as that attribute of God? And so God stirs up jealousy when he wants what is his. And understand that you and I are his. And what kind of father, every good and perfect gift coming down from the father of lights, right? If you know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to us kids, right? So jealousy goes even beyond our faith. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. Now, we don't make light of our faith. Matter of fact, that's where we're going, Romans chapter 10. There's your review. Romans chapter 10. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've preached this about five times already. <coughs> To myself. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 10, look at this. Now, re remember, when you're reading the Scripture now, you can't separate zeal from jealousy. Look it up. The Greek bears it out. The Hebrew bears it out. Zeal, jealous, Right? So, in Romans chapter 10, we're used to verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, right? How many of you have heard Pastor Jonathan preach on that? How many of you have heard Pastor Philip preach on that? How many of you have heard Pastor Bob preach on that? Not enough hands for Pastor Bob. Uh, he got he's on he's on the word network now. And that's where I learned faith years ago. It was from Pastor Bob. He made a statement. I was still in Alberta this. There's two people that made statements that rocked what God had called me to do. One was a Christian a rock musician when there was no such thing as a Christian rock musician. His name's Larry Norman. He's in heaven now. And Larry Norman was just kicked out of every church uh, pretty much that he went to. Did he do everything right? Probably not. But he had, he had a hold of that we could, uh, as Christians, have greater music than amazing grace and power in the blood not not knocking those songs right and he made this statement why should the devil have all the good music now being called as a musician as a songwriter that stuck that stuck and i thought to myself that's right why should the devil 
have all the good music. And, you know, sometimes when we do our concerts, people wonder if we're saved. Right? So he said that, which took me totally in a direction of being open to whatever kind of music the Lord wanted released at the time. You know, we got, we got, we got some rock. We got a dancing album. We got praise and worship. We got evangelistic songs. We got, uh, uh, Pastor Eric's got rapping and, 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 you know, and we can go into a venue and we'll, we'll connect one way or another. So that stuck with me. The second thing was what Pastor Bob said. I'm out at the farm and I never heard the things he was saying. And he said, why should the devil's kids have all the good things? Man, that stuck in me. I mean, it was like you just took an arrow and just shot it right through that TV screen. I never heard that. <clears throat> but yet, I knew that I knew that to be true, right? I mean, the eight acres where we were living, the richest man probably in the state of Kentucky lived right across the street. Another multimillionaire owned this farm uh, from uh, New York, I believe it is. Another multimillionaire owned this. So across and all around us is multimillionaires, and then here we are. Eight acres, right in the middle of that, right? And then God tells us, sell everything. Give it to ministries. Come follow me. Well, we, you know, we're, we're just like, right. But I'm seeing this guy get in his helicopter and fly from his house just maybe 500 yards down to where his uh, business was just because he didn't want to drive out on the road. And the Lord, be, and I got, and 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 I'm I'm going in there and turning on the Success in Life program. Why should the devil kids have all the good things? That's right. And I'm hearing this. Right? Come on now. Right? So, Mama Alberta and myself, we launched down into the deep. People thought we were nuts. Because, you know, we were making $80,000 tax-free a year uh, for two dope heads. That was pretty good. A paid vacation, 30 days paid vacation anywhere in the world. Our housing paid for, our meals paid for, medical paid for, dental paid for. I'm the boss, she's the boss. My uniform's paid for. Call the shots. 80000 tax-free. Right? And that's 35 years ago. Hello? So, you know, we're doing all right. And the Lord said, come on. Come go with me. I'm going to show you something. Now, if you just give me that, if you'll just put that in my hand, ah, yeah, people are going to think you're crazy. People are going to think you're foolish. But if you just put that in my hand, I'm going to take you on a journey. And we were happy about it. We were happy about it. And now, 
the Lord has blessed us to the degree we're blessed. I don't apologize for it. I ain't apologizing for it. Matter of fact, I'm just getting good at this. Yeah, we debt free. Our church is debt free. My band's debt free. My traveling ministry's debt free. Alberta's loaded. I'm loaded. I'm telling you, we gave everything away. But we didn't know what I'm teaching you this week that he was jealous. We did all that through the laws of seed time and harvest and the laws of faith. And I'm not making light of that, but I'm going to show you right in the same chapter where faith cometh by hearing what all's in there. Come on now. All right. Are you in Romans chapter 10? Verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Right? Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the saints at Rome. Right? Am I right about it? Okay. For I bear them record that they have a jealousy for God. They're jealous for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. In other words, they were into the righteousness which is of works. We have the righteousness which is of faith. They believe if they sin, well, that's two turtle doves. That one's a goat, right? That's the righteousness which comes by the law, but it could not purge the conscience. It could not cause the born-again life, the consuming fire, to come within, right? But you and I have received Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, and God hath made him to be sin, which knew no sin, that you and I could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we have the righteousness which is of faith. Now stay with me on this now, because he's talking about two different groups of people, talking about the Jewish people, and he's talking about the born-again people. You following this? All right, now watch. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks. How many of you know from the other night, you got to prophesy and say. When the prophets prophesy, then you got to say what the prophets have prophesied. Remember that? You don't just say, oh, I got a word. Well, what was it? Say it. Keep saying it. See? And it says here, for the righteousness which is a faith speaks on this wise, say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is, bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend into the deep, that is, bring up Christ again from the dead? Can I just simplify that for you? Quit saying someday or back in the day. 
Now, you follow what I'm saying? Quit saying all that. Now faith is. Right? Or who shall ascend in the deep that has bring up Christ again from the dead? But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith which we preach. So you got to preach this stuff. Teaching's one thing, but you got to preach it. And God puts a preach on somebody to blast through religious mindsets and traditions versus teach. You following? That if you shall confess, that word confessor is homologio, say the same thing as, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be sozoed, saved, way more than born again. Now stay with me on this. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Isn't that wonderful? How many of you are born again? Praise the Lord. Okay. But this is talking about way more than being born again. Because verse 12, if you ain't got it highlighted, if you don't have arrows or stars or whatever you do in your Bible, you need to do it right there. Because it says there's no difference between the black and the white. There's no difference between the educated and uneducated. There's no difference between the young and the old. And what he's really saying here, there's no difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Ah. Now, he's talking about two groups of people here. And he's talking to the Greeks, the saints at Rome. And he's letting them know that he is a Jew, but he's a born-again, spirit-filled Jew. And he knows his people that he came out from have a zeal for God, but they don't know it the way they need to know it through the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And now he's, he's bringing this thing home. There is no difference. Quit making excuses because of your color, because of your age, because of what side of the tracks you were raised on. Quit making excuses for your difference in life. There is no difference, come on now, between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is, is, is rich. Unto all that call upon him. Yes, amen. That is spiritually rich. Well, I'm glad you, little Greeky scholar, you, because 
there is no difference between the Jewish being made rich and the Greeks being made rich. And because, Mr. Greeky, you want to bring this up, let's look at the Greek in rich and let's see if it's spiritually blessing. Put it up there, the first one there. Plutio from 4148, to be or become wealthy, be increased with goods, be made rich. Yeah, but it's from 4148. Okay, well, let's look at 4148. To make wealthy, make rich. Yeah, but that's from 4149. Well, let's look at 4149. Wealth as fullness, literally money, possessions, abundance, richness, valuable bestowment, riches. Yeah, but that's from 4130, all right? To fill, supply, especially to fulfill time, accomplish, full, furnish. That's why God named me Fill Up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So there is no difference. No difference, right? Okay. So get rid of all your excuses why it works for Pastor Philip because he's white. Get rid of that. I'm telling you, you got to turn over every little thing that would try to disqualify you from the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich, and he has no soul with it. There is no difference. Doesn't matter your age, your education, what family you were raised in, are you born again? And if you are born again, there is no difference. Same Lord. 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 Harvest. See? Now watch this. That's what he's talking about when he's going to verse 17. Right? That's what he's talking about. You want to make up... Any kind of educational difference, any kind of age difference, any kind of you were, you were born in poverty difference, well, first get born again, and then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, which is the consuming fire. Yes. Now watch this. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich and all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without 
a preacher. That's why we have a camp meeting. That's why we have church. That's why we have all the things that we have available to get the word into your being, right? Because you got to hear it. And as you hear it, faith cometh by hearing. It's automatic. You, you, you need healing in your body, then get your healing messages out. The faith for healing is in what's being preached. Come on now. And it'll wake up any kind of faith you've had in the past for healing down in there. Are, are you following what I'm saying? You want vitamin C? Eat an orange. The vitamin C is in the orange. Faith is in God's word. You don't have to, you don't have to strain in this. All you have to do is hear it, say it, act on it. And as you do, faith is moving on your behalf. There is no difference. Don't make no difference if you're a single mama. Don't make no difference if you're a dropout. Don't make no difference if you were a whore, drug dealer, been locked up. Once you called on the name of the Lord, the same Lord. There is no difference. He wants you rich. And he's jealous over you to make you rich. We got to be presentable, Chris. Got to be presentable. We're not presentable. Look at the body of Christ. They're still, they're still fighting the prosperity preachers. The very ones that says, how can they hear without a preacher? They're still fighting them. Now, you would think after 50 years, they'd have a day dawn say, wait a minute. What Robert Tilton was preaching way back then is what we needed all along. But no. Hallelujah. I just got a phone call yesterday from a guy that we recently ordained under this ministry, and he was telling me, he said, you know, I was talking to a pastor in uh, Frankfurt there, and your name got brought up. I said, oh, boy. And he said, yeah, and he, and he said he lit into you. He said, he, he, and he, he said, I just got real quiet. And he said, yeah, he's an island to himself. Let me tell you about an island to myself. When we had the Civic Center there, island to myself, I sent a letter to every church other than the Mormons and uh, Jehovah Witnesses. I sent a letter to every church inviting them to the Civic Center. I'm paying for everything on Good Friday, right? And depending on how many pastors answered this, we would divide up the time, not taking up any offering, nothing like that. We're just going to show Frankfurt and the state of Kentucky that we agree that he's the risen Lord. Right? Right? Island to myself. 
You know how many people, you know how many pastors answered? Huh? Two. Zero. Island to myself. Come on now. So this guy was telling me yesterday, and uh, he said, yeah, uh, the way he takes up tithes in his church, uh, the people have to come up and put money in his pocket. Yeah, they're tight. That's how he takes up tight. He don't he don't have an offer, offering buck his place like that. No, he, they have to come up and put their tithe in in in, in uh, his pockets. So uh, you don't know what they're saying about this or not here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on now. And so he said he listened to him until he exhausted himself. And then he informed him. He said, look, uh, I'm, I'm ordained on that ministry. <laughs> I've been to that church, and what you're saying ain't right, and you don't know the man. You need to shut your mouth. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I ain't about to stop. Pastor Jonathan ain't about to stop. And I know this and over here ain't about to stop. If anybody would have stopped, it would have been this man right here. And he got fresh fire. He got fresh oil. Look out, devil. Here we come. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I ain't got where we need to go, but we're, we're, but we're at where we need to be. How shall they, verse 15, ain't that where we stopped? Help me, somebody, because I'm getting out there. And how shall they preach except they be sent? That means money's involved. Let me, let me help you out. Let me, let, let, hey, and, and, and this is, this is, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, me and mom, don't, don't get upset with this because it's, it's, it's not, this is not a rebuke on this ministry. This ministry loves us and opens their arms up wide. It's just, this is what dad Derber does. We pay for the airplane. We pay for the condo. We pay for a lot of the meals. I'm just saying, it's because we want to. Want to. Right? Want to. Can do it. Going to do it. And God wants us to be able to go wherever Whenever and money is no problemo. Me and her can do that. And there was a time when we got a rental car to go out west and preach. And when we come back, we have to turn that thing in and then get back in our jalopy. 
when the hotel room was nicer than what we were staying in. And, you know, the condo we in, y'all saw the condo we in. It's nice. I'm missing my house. I'll just be real honest with you. And that X7 out there ain't all that. I'm just telling you, it ain't all that. It ain't all that. I take my caddy. I'm just telling you. I take my caddy. I, I, ain't got, I don't need all that. I'm just saying. But there was a time, see, where we would go out, some of you down here on vacation, and you know you're driving a rental car better than what you got back home, or you're staying in a place better than what you have back home. Let God stretch you. Let God take you up to these places because God wants you rich. And you got to experience some of that to understand, wait a minute. And it stirs up jealousy in your heart. Why should the devil's kids have all the good things? Hey. How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Good things. Is a car that doesn't smoke. <laughs> Boy, I forgot about it. I had the smoking blazer. Pastor Bob, we had a blazer, smoking blazer. The rear, the rear seal was totally shot. <laughs> and it leaked oil right on the exhaust. So I'd have to try to pull up to that. If I saw the light was red, I'd try to not get to a place where I'm totally stopped because if it was, we in the Shekinah glory. Holy smoke. It's a true story. We would pull into a gas station, believe in God, for $2 of gasoline. That's back in the day. $2 in gasoline, and I'd have to go get two quarts of oil. You never checked oil. You drove it till the valves click. Click, 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 click. <laughs> then you got two uh, cheap oil. Go, go in there and get that cheap oil. Two dollars gasoline, two quarts oil. Here we go. The smoking blazer. Man, I almost had my mind renewed out of that, Jonathan. You brought that thing back up to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Clarity of mind. Oh my God. Ah, the smoking blazer. Good thanks. Fill in the blank. If God spared not his own son, how shall he not with him give us freely, freely give us all things? Okay, I got to get where we're going. Now watch this. Watch this. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah, who was a preacher, preacher, prophet, Saith, Lord, I preached it, but who believe in this stuff? 
Who's believing this? I'm preaching a good report. They're bringing back evil reports. See? So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Right? Now watch. We ain't done. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. Now watch verse 19. But I say, did not Israel know? Didn't Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to what? Jealousy. To what? Uh-oh, here we are again. I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. Now, that is in uh, Deuteronomy 32, 21. You don't have to turn there. But that's what he's quoting for sake of time. I will provoke you to jealousy. In other words, God knows if he can get his people, in this, in this case, Israel, if he can get his people provoked to jealousy, it will raise up a fire in them to have what God said they could have. Remember, he'll stir up jealousy like a man of war. And see, we, we've, we've mistaken frustration. We've mistaken, and, and, and we, didn't know, we didn't know we could be jealous, even, even though it's our divine, in, our, in our divine nature to be jealous. And we have to become jealous to become, to obtain what God wants us to have so we can be presentable for the bridegroom. Are you following this? All right, now watch this. I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and said, I was found to them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, All day long I've stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. What's, what's Isaiah saying? Isaiah saying, Uh, other people are hearing this, but your people ain't hearing it, God. Talking about Israel. Israel ain't listening to this. But there's some other folk, that, that, that they're grabbing hold of this. All right. For sake of time, look what it says. In chapter 11, he's still talking about this jealousy. It says in verse 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall. Talking about Israel. Salvation is come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Okay, they won't listen to God. So God said, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to provoke the born-again Gentiles. 
I'm going to provoke them with blessing. I'm going to provoke them to be rich. Because in provoking them to be rich, the Jewish people aren't acknowledging Jesus, but they will acknowledge rich. Hey! Look at this. I will provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall of them, talking about Israel, be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. And he says in verse 14, if by any means I may provoke to emulation. Now, that word emulation, you know, I'm not a, uh, very good with English, so I looked this word up. Look what it says in the Greek. To stimulate alongside, excite to rivalry, provoke to emulation, jealousy. Now, look it up and in, in, in just let me show it to you in a regular dictionary. Ambition or endeavor to equal or excel others as in achievement. Now watch this. So God's master plan. Now he's looking for participators. God's master plan is he's looking for some of his born-again Greeks, born-again Gentiles that will allow him to provoke, allow themselves to be provoked by God to be jealous for what God is jealous for and will take the heat of the persecution, take the heat that all you think about is money, take the heat that all you're concerned about is material things, that will take the heat and will become extremely rich, so much so that the Jewish people that are not born again, that don't want to hear about Jesus, says, wait a minute, that's what they told me in the synagogue, if I would start a business, that I'd have riches like what's on that born again guy living down Hello? So in God's master plan, so faith cometh by hearing. What kind of hearing? That God can provoke you to become rich, that there's no difference. He's the same Lord, and he wants to use you to provoke the Jewish community, and the only thing that provokes them is you being rich. We went way past your rent. We went way past your upgraded car. We went way past your promotion at work. We went way past your paycheck 
wicked is laid up for the just, I will shake all nations. The silver is mine and the gold is mine and the ladder of, the ladder how shall be greater than that of the former. Somebody shout. That's what he's been doing all week. Provoking us. Sit down. Let me just let me let me just let me just give you some statistics as we close. To get you way past survival. To be presentable to Jesus, we have to be able to represent ourselves to the world. We're representing, we are ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on now. We were in a restaurant yesterday. See if she's here. Okay. But she was just being a good waitress, right? But she won't forget us. She won't forget us, Chris. I guarantee you, if that, if, if that place was packed out today and I walk in there, guarantee you. She come back, oh, sir. She said, this is the largest tip I've ever received in all the years I've been waitressing. Is that, is that not true? Folks, that's just a tip. That's just a tip. If a tip can shake somebody's world up, what would happen if you say, come here, honey. You hungry after God. You don't have to work here no more. I'm going to set you up. God has a plan for your life, and I'm needing a waitress in my restaurant that I own that will host this thing, and I'm going to give you a car. I'm going to give you a house. Oh, see, now you think I'm losing it. The billionaires do that every day. Don't even think nothing about it. Tax write-off. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first. And they didn't receive him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to as many of us as received him, to them gave he power to become. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. government dependence on that government on that government put, put, put Isaiah 9 up there Isaiah 9 verse 6 put it up there for unto us 
a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government, the government, the government shall be upon his shoulders. He's the head. We're the body. We are the government of God. He's calling the shots. Go to the next verse. Watch. Of the increase. Of the increase. Of the increase. Of his government and prosperity. Shalom. There shall be no end. Look at the last line. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Somebody shout. Sam, listen to this, and I'm closing. Y'all keep stirring my jealousy up. Now, now listen to this. Let me give you some statistics. When you think your new car is going to provoke your Jewish coworker. The world Jewish population, anybody know what the world Jewish population is? A little less than 14 million. Anybody know what the population of the world is? A little over 7 billion. 14 million is just like, it's not, it's the percentage, some mathematician, it ain't much. Right? Now listen. 5.7 million live in Israel. 5.6 million in the United States. Now that statistic right there was astounding. That pretty much half the nation of Israel live here in America. Right? The latest list of the 100 most powerful people in the world, 51 of them are Jews, out of this small population. Ten of the 50 people on Forbes' annual billionaires list are Jewish. So your paycheck just got dusted. Your little, your little $20,000 you got saved in the bank just went. Psh. Of the 802 Nobel Prize that have been handed out to date, 162 have gone to the Jewish people. This is astounding to me. And we just, do you believe God can do the impossible? Remember that prophecy? When was it? Was it Wednesday night? The season of fulfillment. Because you've gone through the, prof the, the process of the blade and the ear, and now it's time for a season of fulfillment.
Man, I grabbed a hold of that thing. Now watch this. Maybe you've heard of the, these names, the Rothschilds. The one that just dropped over dead. Jewish. Michael Bloomberg. Remember he pouring all these millions in trying to be president? Jewish. George Soros. Instigator with all of his billions. Jewish. Mark Zuckerberg. These are all billionaires. Jewish. How are you going to provoke them? You getting mad because you're in FaceTime jail. They putting you there. You ain't putting him there. They locking you up. They don't care that you're putting all them ugly comments on there. They don't, they don't care about all that. You stupid. You don't know nothing. You're an ignorant Christian. I don't know if y'all can handle this next one. This is the ownership of the 10 central banks. Number one, Rothschild Bank of London, Jewish owned. Number two, Warburg Bank of Hamburg, Germany, Jewish owned. Number three, Rothschild Bank of Berlin, Germany, Jewish owned, obviously. Number four, Lehman Brothers of New York, USA, Jewish owned. Lazar Brothers of Paris, France, Jewish owned. Coulomb Bank of New York, Jewish owned. Israel Moses Seif Banks of Italy, Jewish owned. Goldman Sachs of New York, Jewish owned. Warburg Bank of Amsterdam, Netherlands, Jewish owned. Chase Manhattan Bank of New York, Jewish owned. I'm getting provoked. I'm getting provoked. I'm getting provoked. And you know what? God's provoked. It says, it says in Corinthians, do you provoke God to anger? Are you stronger than he? He's provoking us. Now, will you... Allow God to provoke you to where you end up being a provoker. I ain't talking about with your sign out in front of the bank saying, oh, your money's coming to me. I'm talking about when you walk into the bank. They say, well, let me, let me, let me, let me help you out with that. When my wife and I were learning about Seed time and harvest and so on and so forth under uh, Dad Tilton. We were coming home. We just moved up to Frankfurt. Everything's screaming. And so I pulled into the bank. It's about 10, 10, 30 at night. Pulled right up to that window, right up to it. And I said to him, I said, bank, I got money in you. Now, you got to understand, we, we, we didn't have enough money to, to keep a checking account open. And this one over here. Yeah, we're debt-free paymasters of the gospel. 
Now, you know they got them little cameras. <laughs> Just in case. Now? 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 Mr. Durbert, how can we help you today? Oh, where's Simon at? He's not with you? Here. Take, take two of these biscuits home to him. Mr. Durber. Hey, I was in one bank. I got a statement from a savings account. And they charged me money. Yeah, they took money out. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. it wasn't much. It was only $15, $20 surcharge. I said, wait a minute, this savings account. I don't like that. I don't like nobody touching my money. So I went in there, walked right in there. Now, th this teller didn't know who I was. So I walked up there, and I, and I, and I showed her that paper. I said, ma'am, look at there. This is my savings account right here. And it says right here that you pulled, I forget what it was, $20 out of my account because I hadn't made a deposit in six weeks or something like that. She said, yes, that's our new policy. I said, I don't like that policy. And uh, she said, well, sir, that's just our policy. I said, okay, here's my policy. Give me all my money. The guy was walking... <laughs> He knew me. He's walking behind her. What's going on? Mr. Herbert, how can I help you? I said, I'm, I'm taking all my money out of his bank. What seems to be the problem? I said, you just took $20. Out. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we, we'll change that for you. I said, too late. Give me my money. Is there anything? No, 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 no. No, if you're going to do that to me, you're doing that to other people. I don't need this. I got other banks. Hey! That bank is not in, is not in existence in Frankfurt anymore. <laughs> hey, the same, there is no difference. He's the same. Come on, somebody. Don't get mad at that. Follow that. Well, you get an opportunity today to sow a provocative seed that you're going to be a provoker for the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Husbands, wives, you might want to talk about this. You're going to be used by God. I didn't read one Christian there. Now, Pastor Bob told me about one. Billionaire, Christian billionaire, right? And, uh, you know, they're out there. But you and I are supposed to be walking 
in such, I like that word the other night, pronounced blessing. Because you know what we've done? How you day? Oh, I'm blessed. Oh, everybody in town. You ain't blessed. If that's blessed, I understand your sins forgiven you on the way to heaven, but you look like hell. You're not presentable. You're not presentable. You're not presentable. Folks, when we get to heaven, you're going to find out, and you better find it out now, that he became poor, that we through his poverty could be made rich, and he's looking for people that will allow him to qualify them to, to have extravagance in their lives. Way past your need. Way past your want. Getting over into what he needs. The Lord hath need of you. What he wants. I'm getting mad. You know what I'm saying? But, you, but that's what happened with Jesus. He went into his temple, looked around, got mad. Said the zeal, the jealousy for his house. And he turned over the money tables. Cleaned house. God's cleaning house. There's a separation from the faith crowd and those that just talking junk out there. You want to you see who the faith crowd is? It's going to be those that can handle hundredfold. Those that can handle being extremely blessed and can take all the heat. We've been accused of all kinds of stuff. What? Please. Mama Alberta won't say something. She's mad too. Um, I was sitting, I used to put the TV on only to do my exercises with a VCR tape. And uh, every time I turned that TV on, every time, no matter what time of day, no matter what channel it was on, Robert Tilton came on there. Now, I was a little Catholic girl. I didn't know anything about TV evangelists or anything like that, thank God. Um, and so I'm watching this guy, and I'm in the middle of a divorce, and I was thinking, I, I, I still had some money left that I saved overseas, but I didn't know what I was going to do because I'm back in the real world. And this man says, to make a $1,000 vow, he said, um, he said, <laughs> the point I was trying, he said, I say $1,000 because if it doesn't move you, it's not going to move God. And I'm over here. I couldn't handle when Pastor Philip would spend $20 on something we were remodeling the house. And I'm like, God. But I was so messed up and so desperate. And he, he talked about uh, the prophet saying, make the cake, give, make, make me a cake first. And what he was saying, you know, is... Bring that money to him. And now he wasn't saying him per se, you know, Robert Tillon. 
Well, maybe it was. I would have done it. Well, I didn't know what I was doing, okay? I didn't know what I was doing, and I don't didn't know what you people know, okay? You understand what I'm saying by that? You've been in it a long time. You've been listening to Pastor Philip a long time, and, and you saw what happened with your pastors and this church. And so, I mean, these guys came out of what? Over a half a million dollars? No, I mean, a quarter million dollars in in way less time than pastor philip and i did and a lot more money fast so i'm sitting here you know and i'm thinking people you got to do something that's going to move you to the uttermost because three days after i made that vow one thousand i sat down to write 25 dollars and send it in and i was scared if he would have seen me watching him i thought oh my god he, th- he thinks I'm crazy now. You know, I thought he would kill me. Didn't know he was planning to, but anyway. <laughs> but he was, and, and I would be glad because I was miserable. I was, I was in a very bad state of mind. And so uh, I made that $1,000 vow, and three days later, God Almighty spoke to that man in an audible voice, Changed our lives completely. When he told me God spoke to me audibly, I'm looking at him. What drug did he take now? I didn't even know what audible meant. I didn't even know what the word meant. That's how bad off I was. And from that moment on, Pastor Philip and I have been determined that we are going to be the wealthiest people. You guys were singing this morning. I can't help but tell this. You're singing, you know, he is royal. Okay. Remember, Pastor Philip taught you. God is uh, a consuming fire. We're a consuming fire. God is jealous. We're jealous. Okay. God is royalty. Hello, people. That's the first thing that the Lord taught me at the farmhouse that I've been adopted into the most royal family. At the farmhouse, he taught me this. And we are determined and will stay determined. We are going to be paymasters of the gospel. I have over 100 houses coming to me, over 800 acres of land coming to me at least. That's just one house we sowed. And I'm determined to buy people houses. Give it to them. Give it to them, whether you need it or not. Hopefully, the church don't need it. You should be wanting to do the same thing. So stretch, people. You got to stretch. If you don't, it won't happen to you. I could tell you, you'll, you'll be, Bob Tilton, Brother Tilton used to say this all the time. If you don't move out, you're going to be sitting in that same chair this time next year. You'll be sitting in that same chair, broke, busted, and disgusted, driving that same old car. I don't care how new let, it is. Let, let, Here let, you go. Let me give the in, in, interpretation of that. Because you could sit there and, and say, yeah, we've heard that before. Listen. The stretching never ends. Stretch forth your curtains. Enlarge. It never ends. See, so don't think because we are rich that God don't stretch us. 
See, God told us earlier this year, pay for that conference. Then that's that next conference, pay for that. At the same time, we're dropping 10,000, 10,000, 10,000 into the building and so on and so forth. Now, that ain't a whole lot of money. That ain't a whole lot of money. See, and God teaches you that it's not a whole lot of money. That's why when you, you, you know, look, all right, listen to this. I had, you, you, you'll have caps, financial caps, ceilings that you must break through. Ours was, we needed, seemed like every time, we only had one checking account back then. Now we got seven. But back, don't get mad at that. Follow that. I ain't talking about $10 just keep the thing open either. And that's not counting what's on the phone, right? <laughs> that, you, that Pastor Jonathan teaching me how to use, right? Now, now watch this. We had this $1,000 ceiling in that one checking account. Every time we get up to $1,000, man, it was something. Tires on the car, uh, you know, or God would challenge us to put 500 in, in, in an offering. It, it seemed like we just... We'd always get up there, and we, we'd get up there, and we could breathe a little bit. <sighs> At least we can go to the steakhouse tonight. <sighs> and then it'd go back down, back down. And, and, it, and, and it just seemed like we could not break that thing, right? Well, you know what God does? He said, you want to break that? Yeah. Empty it. I said, that's what keeps happening. No, you you emptying it at the steakhouse. You emptying it on this, that, that. Empty it and get, put it in my hand. Watch what happens. Bam! We broke through that $1,000 thing. And then I said, uh-huh. Okay. Next thing I know, a lady comes up to Alberta and gives her her own checking account. Gives it and put, put, put some money in that thing. Gives her her own account. I'm like, how much money she put in there anyway? Right? And the Lord said, uh, that's, that's her spending money. Don't mess with that. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I want you to add to it. Now watch, watch this now. Are, are we still okay? And so uh, the Lord speaks to my heart. Now we've already broke the $1,000 ceiling. He said, I want you to put money in every bank in Frankfurt. I said, Lord, what are you saying? I want you to put money in every bank in Frankfurt. I said, why am I doing that? He said, because what I'm going to do in your life, one bank can't hold it. I went to every bank back then. I went to every bank that was there then and put $100 in Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, we already broke that thousands. So I, I, I opened up a bank account. I'm talking to somebody in here Amen. that you need to make out and open up another account by faith. Come on, somebody. And I opened up in every bank. Right? And then the Lord would say, all right, now, that one, I want it to be a savings account. I said, all right, okay. 
He said, now, I want you to develop your faith and break the $10,000 limit ceiling in every one of those accounts. Now, see, he's working with me. He's working with me. And at the same time, I'm, we're seeing increase come into our lives, right? So we just worked our faith, worked our faith, and broke those 10,000. And I can remember being, I was with preachers, preachers who preach prosperity. And I was telling them off camera, if you will, about breaking these ceilings. And when I said breaking the $10,000 ceiling, I just located them. They choked and got an attitude towards me and was never, ever the same. Over $10,000. And God, look, Pastor Bob, Pastor Jonathan, and myself included, what God has called us to do, millions won't do it. Millions won't do it. We got to get into the billion flow. I'm just being real. We got to have airplanes. We got to have properties. We got to have every the, the best of the best to get this word out. We got the word. We got it. Right? It's got to get out there. See? And so breaking that barrier, right? Breaking that barrier, we broke it. Now I'm working on another ceiling. And it gets easier and easier. Now see, here's the thing about sharing this kind of stuff. If I just say we're rich, well, how do I know you're rich? Be followers of them who through faith and patience. If I, if I don't tell you something, how you going to know? Well, he just bragging on how much money he's got. No, I'm bragging on God. And you probably don't want to match me dollar for dollar on what we sow. This is how it works. But what Mama Alberta was saying, I'm giving you a long interpretation of it, is he will stretch you. He will stretch you, Right? Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. See? And he always, he's always setting you up for something bigger than what you know. Yes, Amen? If you need to give an envelope, hold your hand up. Ushers will wait on you. Glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. You make it out a check, you can just make it out to EGCC. Isn't that, isn't that right, Kim? EGCC. Got a hand down here, ushers. Oh, she got it. She got it. Are you provoked? FEC, you're going to go back jealous? We got work to do. Got a whole bunch of these folk coming up there next month. Hallelujah. 
when you have your offering ready, come up and put it on this pulpit. I'm going to pray over it. Just lay it up here on this pulpit. It's not a funeral. Y'all happy? Oh, you saw on your phone? This is digital giving. Dad's a little behind times, but I'm ahead of time. Look at this. Come up here with three of them phones. So where does this money go? It coming to the church. I know how to use that thing now. We went to Publix, and uh, I've been taught how to use that thing now, right? Have a few thousand in there, right? And. Uh, I don't have you. So I'm, I, I, I'm. (laughs) 
I'm going to make my debut, right? I'll pull out my card. Stick it up in there. Enter your PIN number. You didn't tell me that. So I'm sitting there like, what's a PIN number? And ain't nobody helping me nowhere. I'm like, oh, man, my big, huh? Once I pull that thing out, I'm pulling out my visa, right? Look at all these phones. So the little, little checkout girl, she says, sir, you got people there, right? Looking at this guy. I wanted to say, I hope you all understand I'm rich. <laughs> I don't ever deal with this. I always deal with cash. And Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan says this to me yesterday. He says, Dad, you mean tell me you just deal with credit cards and cash? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, no, 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 no. We got <laughs> Cause I got this money in there. I don't know how to, I got this money in there. I don't know how to use it, right? So she said, sir, just put your visa up and put that card back in. I said, I don't have no pen number. She said, you don't need no pen number. Just hit that green button. I freaked. <laughs> I don't see no green button. I'm looking on that screen. Now Alberta comes over, that green button right there. Put your card back in because I pulled it back out again. I got that baby now. Look out, Publix. There's a message in there. Got all that money in there. Don't know how to withdraw it. Man, look at all these fancy phones. Oh, my goodness. This is your hearts up here, people. Here come another phone. Got any laptops over here? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, what you called me to do over three decades ago to teach faith and prosperity to your people, to follow in my dad's footsteps, I lay these debt-free hands on all of this seed and this is the first time ever that I'm laying hands on seed that provokes. And I thank you that these, your people, will never, ever again settle for substandard, no matter how well you bless their lives, that they realize you're blessing them so that their cup can run over Every seed, every act of obedience, I speak it 
with all the goodness I know that you to be over their lives. And I'm asking you now for an explosion in their finances, in everything they put their hand to, that you explode in their lives and they are consumed with the fire of jealousy to bring in the harvest that's necessary for the advancement of your kingdom and for them to provoke the Jews to Jesus. I thank you for that. I speak it so. I prophesy it so. And I thank you for each and every one of them. In the mighty matchless name of Jesus. Eshtendichibindosh tabrande. Kela ribe 